the stepping of this man, Luke Johan. Bounce off from McNulty, and away he goes! Harry McNulty! Knight gets away, Knight, up to the 22, he won't be caught! Borada, welcome to a new year with This Is Seven's pod. We're on to episode seven of season two. It's myself, Luke Trahan, and I'm joined by the legend, Harry McNulty. Chris Knight is away. He's in a van traveling around Scotland, so he'll be back in for some of the later episodes. Uh, Harry, how, how are you getting on? I hear you've just woken up. Borada. Yeah, just woken up. Uh, <laughs> as per my social media post the other day, I'm not really good with the old AMs. Like, I know it's a nine o'clock start, but... Had to set an alarm for this one. <laughs> Didn't know where I was when I woke up. <laughs> well, I'm doing well. <laughs> Fair. You're in a you're in a busy week of training anyway. How um how are you? I I understand you're back in training, but did you get much time off over Christmas, New Year? Uh yeah, we got a solid amount off to be fair it's always a weird one when it comes to dubai cape town because cape town usually finishes in around the 11th 12th 13th of december so you never know like is that too far away from christmas for them to give you all that time off or are they going to yeah. make you come back in all that kind of crack so we were in for two days actually to be fair um in and around like the 20 19th 20th we had to come okay. in for testing but i managed to do the two tournaments came home was home for 24 hours and then i went to miami for a wedding and yeah. that was nuts <laughs> give, it, give give us a quick rundown on that so that was a, a hong kong couple so there's quite a lot of my friends are out there as well but um yeah give us a quick rundown it sounded absolutely mental yeah so actually i was looking at trying to get to miami from cape town originally because they were holding the stag the same weekend sort of as as hong or sorry as uh, cape town it was like a three-day stag and I was looking to leave early Sunday morning, like post Cafe Caprice, trying to fit nice. in both the best worlds, but obviously just couldn't make that work. But the boys did like a, the boys did a stag then. They went to like the football game and they did a boat party and all that kind of stuff. I managed to get in on Wednesday. So when I got on Wednesday, everyone was dead, dead <laughs> to the world, which suited me a little bit. <laughs> just coming in, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And then actually as part of the agreement with me going over, I ended up doing a broken Bronco test the Thursday morning yeah. and like sent the scores across to the SNC because there was talk that we were going to be doing a broken Bronco when on that Monday and I was only going to be getting back in from the wedding on Monday. So I said yeah. I'd do it out there if that's what it takes to go to a wedding. I'm more than happy to go and do that. <laughs> and then Thursday, uh, after the Broken Bronco, got dressed up. I'd been to Miami actually a couple of times before, twice, I think. And um, there's this little, there's this place called Little Havana, one of yeah. my favorite places. And it's, as it says on the tin, it's like a Cuban area. I've never been to Cuba, but I imagine that's what it feels like when you're there. We went to a place called El Pub. So the pub. <laughs> and we managed to just sit there for literally hours. Mojitos, went to the, the cigar shop across the road, smoking cigars, literally just getting into the Miami Cuban swing of things. That evening then, because the lads had did the stag during the weekend, none of their girlfriends were allowed to come over with them. They all came <laughs> over by themselves. So all the girlfriends flew in on the Thursday. Good, like, you know, Hong Kong style. <laughs> yeah. So the lads ripped in for the three days. So that night was big because um, there was a lot of people arriving for their first night. And yeah. they actually man managed to go to Little Havana too. So we had a big night there. Friday got up. Unfortunately, the weather wasn't great. It was the first time there was ever a, a tropical storm in the month of December in yeah. florida so unfortunate for the wedding but that's how it goes so we didn't really do too much during the day but then there was a white party that night so they had to change venue it was going to be on a beach with the storm so they they found this amazing indoor venue and there was uh like a cuban band playing there was a guy rolling cigars in the corner <laughs> they had a full buffet they had a, like a drinks cocktail stand and then the bride and groom were going around with a tin of caviar, handing out spoons of caviar while the groom was handing out shots of tequila after you had your caviar. Um, nice. But it was such good crack. And the bride, in fairness to her, sort of nearly created a brand around her wedding. So yeah. it was called the Miami Love Club. Everything yeah. had like branding on it. Even the cigars, like the little wrapper around the cigar had the, the emblem of Miami Love Club on it. We were all given hats, a tote bag when we arrived. Ah, like it was insane. And then yeah. after that, me and one of the boys uh, decided to carry on partying through the night. We went through till about <laughs> half five in the morning. Nice, good shift. <laughs> went that. to one of the yeah, oh, went to one of the mega nightclubs. It's called Eleven. A couple of people that when I was going over recommended going. It's quite insane. 
Oh, fair days. And uh, the testing up to scratch, was that all right? Go well? Yeah, to be fair, I tested quite well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it all over again. Um, I flew at like 6 p.m. I landed at 8 a.m. I had left my car at Dublin Airport and we were in for, I think, half eight. So I just got straight in the car, drove straight to training, had my kit bag in the boot, and, and then we had a day of testing. So it was bench press, bench pull, yeah. and then a, a three-minute watt bike test, which okay. I had never done before. Um, no, I've not, I've not done that either. Do you mind sharing with uh, what results you got in that? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the results are, but I can give you an idea. Yeah, sure. So the bench and the and the the bench pull were one set of three. So I did one twenty five on the bench for three. Nice, but... and not bad. I think that was in and around what I did last time. I think I might have only got one twenty at the beginning of the season. So post Miami Bender, I went up in my bench. And <laughs> <laughs> all that, all that cigar smoke in the lungs, son. All that cigar smoke, all those mojitos, all that mint and sugar. Um, and then the bench pull, I did one oh five for three, which was nice. good. That was more as well. And then happy days. The yeah, happy days is right. You know, like coming into those situations, you want to get at least what you got last time. Um, yeah, especially being on a plane overnight, and then managed to do better, which is great. And post tournament too, like you know, it was only a week after the tournament as well and then the bike is a three minute continuous test you set it to level six we had a heart rate monitor on us as well and that can connect to the watt bike and then you have Mm -hmm. the watt bike app which connects and they all do it together and you basically have to cycle for three minutes continuous at like the highest that you can maintain. Oh wow, that's nuts! Yeah, did you? Um, that must have been uh, horrendous. Like, at what point did that really kick in? And you were like, "Geez!" Literally at the ninety-second mark, a minute and a half, you're like, "Okay, <laughs> here we go." <laughs> yeah, that Let's sounds horrible. This. Yeah. So you then get given a an MMP, which I believe is like your average across the way. So mine was four hundred and sixty-three watts. Yeah, MMP, and I managed to get up to 182 beeps per minute on my heart rate. Wow. And then you take your MMP, so four, six, three watts, and you divide it by your weight to get your watts per kilo. So I'm 100 kilos, pretty easy. 4.63 watts per kilo. They then decided on your score to put you in a in a group. So we've got two groups now at training. Yeah. One of them called Fat Club. By any chance? <laughs> it's not not quite got no, to that. No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Thank God. No. <laughs> Fair. Um, and then the other thing, uh, obviously, we were chatting about it before, but uh, talk to me about this Guinness Writers Award. What is it? What have you been nominated for? When is it? It was last night, actually, Loki. Um, was it? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept it quiet. Are you allowed? Um, are you allowed yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. How it goes? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, 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 no. It's it pub- It's in the public domain. So the Guinness Writers Awards is quite a prestigious award, actually. Um, as it says on the tin, it's it's kind of done by all the the writers. So they they come together, and it's 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 a rugby awards night. So it's not for any other sports or anything, but it's sponsored by Guinness. I think it's been going on for twenty years, actually. Um, they yeah, very cool. They host their own Hall of Fame as well. So about two people every year get nominated into the into the Hall of Fame. And then they do the men's 15s player of the year, women's 15s player of the year, women's sevens, men's sevens. And then they also have some uh, awards for like community service, just like outside of rugby awards as well. So I managed to win last night. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought you would. Well done. And um, Thank you very much. Did you have to like go up on stage and everything like that, give a little speech and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. I had a, a little Q&A, more so than a speech itself. Cool. So everyone who got up was asked a few questions. So quite nice to be able to go up and, and talk. And I think maybe I got one or two more questions than the rest because the girls seven squad weren't able to make it last night so they probably just lumped on an extra uh for who won uh, it for them uh lucy mulhall oh, won it so very, she, very yeah, well she's deserved, brilliant uh... yeah yeah <laughs> she's brilliant so i think they probably just asked like one or two more sevens questions just because um they wanted to buff it out a little bit more which was great because obviously the year that's in it sevens um with the olympics and we've been going quite well yeah we've been uh yeah we've got a chance to speak so in fairness to them last night they did it really well like it was yeah. over at 10 to 10 oh, i heard damn. that last year's awards went on till midnight 
so (laughs) it was very quick like it was actually kind of nearly too quick in a sense for one or two of the awards because we had the we had the main course okay ladies and gentlemen we're going to be doing the next set of awards everybody take your seat yeah all like within two three minutes and then it's just like okay ladies and gentlemen we are going to be nominating the uh men's 15s player of the year no nominee section you know they didn't go like and the first nominee is they just went Oh, and just your player in. of the year is Bundyaki. And everyone's uh, like, okay, okay yeah. like straight in, <laughs> bang. Not not an issue by any means. So, uh, yeah, I think from a player's point of view, everyone really enjoyed it. And I don't have, I actually left the, I left the trophy downstairs. Um, but it was, it's bronze and it is so heavy. It is Dense. so beautifully made. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's about five kilos, honestly. It is <laughs> huge and yeah really really beautiful it's i've been nominated for one or two awards in my time but i've yet to win one so that was very very special amazing for me. where's the uh where's the trophy gonna go you got a spot for it in the house somewhere yeah i mean i've got i sort of have knickknacks all on this shelf up here above me but i think i think i can put it right here yeah i think i've got a space for it unreal unreal oh very good any chance yeah. to have a few guinness or was it strictly <laughs> training week keep it under wraps oh. like yeah training week we've got a double today thursdays we've started doing evening sessions or afternoon sessions where we are trying to replicate a sevens tournament so we're doing like late thursdays and really early fridays try and do like okay yeah later and early so yeah we've got we've got training so at least i got to get to sleep in this morning so it kind of worked but i was on the zero zeros last night actually quite good oh yeah like a like a Guinness yeah, zero zero. Yeah, yeah, Guinness zero oh, zero. Oh, and they were okay, were they? Oh no, no, no! I've never had them. I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, unreal! So. Oh, very good. Uh, well, yeah, massive congratulations for that. That's really well deserved. Um, right, let's get into what we're going to chat about in this uh, episode. So it's obviously a new year. Any, uh, you're a man for New Year's resolutions? Have you got any that you're willing to share, or you just don't <sighs> don't do them at all? You know what? I've never really done. Like, I want to say the usual, but like, I've never gone like really intense in them. So it's like, I want to do a fitness regime. I want to do this. I want to do that. Never really gotten that far into it. A few years ago, I did do one that I did stick to and I really enjoyed it. And then I just fell off. And I don't know why, but it was read one book a month. And I broke that down into it's 10 pages a day average. Because like most books are around 300 pages. And 10 pages is so doable. So I want to get back on that. I learned so much. I read so many great books in that year. Like you see people reading 40 books a year. I don't know how they do that, by the way. That's incredibly yeah. impressive where they have that time. They must be reading two pages at a time. Like <laughs> <laughs> chameleon eyes, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Maybe. going down. And then one in the ears in the, one in the ears in audible as well. Like that's the only way. Honestly, which is insane. But 12, I think is, is manageable. I'd really like to do that again. And then was thinking about 24 as a whole and I don't know, kind of got a little creative on it, but I've actually like given this year like a, a term or like a, like I've kind of branded it. So yeah. I've called it like even more 24. Yeah. So like kind of rhymed and stuff. For me, it allows, it allows me to kind of have an overall picture, an overall sense of the year. So I want this year to be like even more, but it doesn't have to be in the sense of like, you know, even more clothes or even more like yeah. money or anything like that. It can just be even more of, you know, something that I really desire. So it could be like even more like experiences, travel, yeah. friendships, laughter, reading. Like, I think there's so many things for anyone else. They can do that as well under the same brand, but like they can do it to whatever they want, even more relaxing, even more being on my own, even more yeah. whatever road trips. Oh, like so that. that's kind of how I'm going for it. So I'm kind of giving it a name. And then oh, trying nice. to have the year fill the name itself and following behind. How about you? That's cool. Yeah, no, I could get behind that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a little bit like you. Like I, a couple of years, I've I've written them down and come back to them. I think I often try to just keep a fairly even keel along, like most mm-hmm. people do. Like something, fitness, food, career, sure. friendships, relationships. Like I tried to keep fairly even keel the whole time. Mine, yeah, mine. I guess was just like kind of around this is sevens. There's a few different goals I've set for the company in terms of getting like the clothing back up and running um nice. just a few little business goals like that more so if i don't have them 
sometimes I can feel a little bit, you know, like you're kind of running one direction one day, another direction the other day, and like you kind of lose track oh. of the bigger picture where you're trying to get to. So um, I've got a few ones like that down, but again, I'm not, yeah, I don't often uh, write a load of them down, just try and change small habits day by day, I think. Yeah, totally. I think that's the best way to do it because obviously if you just start going, I'm going to start eating really well like you can do it for a month but geez it's some hack like if you've never done it before oh, no. and then like you're yeah you're forcing yourself to do it and if you don't do it one day you're like oh my god i feel so bad and you're putting like your pressure on your on yourself and then that pressure then nearly turns negative and then you sod it like i don't want to do it anymore like this isn't making yeah. me feel good so that's yeah. why i was kind of doing this even more thing as well because it's like seeing it in a grander scale yeah like, okay don't have to do it every day but i'm doing it more than i did last year yeah, I like that. Okay, there's no, uh, you're kind of winning no, in that regard. Yeah, there's no upper or lower limit on what needs to be done, is there? It's more of a, you can do no. more of what you want to do, yeah. No, I like that a exactly. lot. Exactly. I, I want to eat better food. I want to do it more. Right. I didn't do it at all last year, right? I managed to do it a week. Right, okay, let's keep going then. Like, even more, I only did a half the week this week, but still, it's more than I did last week, last year. And you can feel good about it, and you can, and at least it's like kind of pushing you in that right direction. And if you start falling off a little... It's like, no, 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 I want to do even more this year. So then kind of yeah. bring you back rather than like, geez, I've got to cook 10 chicken breasts to stick them in the freezer tonight <laughs> and like get my meals prepped all week and like, oh, yeah. slaving away in the kitchen. Like, it's you know, so much. that's kind of how I want to see it. Yeah, it's too nice. much. That's too much. Mm. And then maybe just kind of, yeah, jumping on the back of that, it's going to be a massive year for sevens this year. We've obviously had two tournaments of the current season. There's plenty more to go leading up into the Olympics in the summer. If you were to kind of give the seven series either a New Year's resolution or maybe a bit more to your idea there of even more 24, what are some of the things that maybe are jumping into your head right now that you'd like to see from the seven series? Doesn't necessarily have to be with yourself or Ireland, can just be the bigger series as a whole. So if you would have asked me that question last year going into this year, I think they've actually done quite well and is media yeah. coverage. Yeah. So there's been a lot more media coverage. And Luke, like from behind the scenes, like there's cameras almost everywhere. Well, for Dubai and Cape Town anyway. So I guess for 2024, I want to see that carry on. I want to, I yeah. want to see even more cameras. But just because they are wise to the fact that you know if you nail the media but in different senses so short form long form um, and yeah. even even across written and just like what's getting posted it can really work and benefit everyone as a whole yeah. not just rugby but like even the people involved so i really want to see that continue and i know it's paris but have that as a staple of the sevens itself there's so many funny people interesting people getting up to all sorts and they have a platform where people get put into really cool situations like i was standing on the top of a building in dubai for the <laughs> captain's photo yeah that looked it nuts. was nuts nuts and so like you know they have the power yeah you might well be doing that in uh hong kong the uh media staff that i do some work with here in hong kong they uh sent that to me and they were like this to be very cool to do in hong kong and i was like jesus some tall buildings to be stood on here <laughs> even 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 by dubai standards which could be very cool for when you come out <laughs> Would be so cool. Anything else? I'd I'd actually had the I thought they've done the socials and the rebranding really, really well from the start mm -hmm. of the year. Um yeah, I agree with you. More of it. I'd say some of the socials aren't landing quite as well as I think maybe they they thought, but I'm sure. more for I'm I'm a hundred percent for try a video format out or a certain questioning or totally. something, tweak it a little bit. If it's not working, scrap it, try something else. But um yeah, I just love seeing how much they're getting out there. The only one I would add from that is that I think they've now got the seven series the top level right i now want to see that kind of trickle down into that challenger mm. series as well and bring that up from socials like considering there's a tournament on the weekend uh, which we'll get on to chat about very very little stuff going out on the website or the socials or and and i think it's more to do with the maybe it's not been filmed or covered enough in previous years for them to have enough footage and whatnot to now start spouting out before the tournament but yeah any any anything else New yeah Year's like Eve, I, even more i played sevens at an international level i had no idea that the challenger was this weekend which is a shame <laughs> Like, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I only saw a post yesterday about it. I, and I think there was a couple before, but like there's been no hype. And like you have Kenya, you have uh, Uruguay, and like they were on the series last year, Japan. Um, so there's three yeah. teams there that have a full, Uruguay have a full year, but Canada, or sorry, not Canada, sorry, Japan 
and Kenya have years. They've got footage from playing on the World Series for years. Doesn't matter that it's not Challenger Series footage. Put some footage together being like, this weekend we've got these teams playing, you know, big hits like Buffalo running down the wing, like your man <laughs> heading the ball from Uruguay in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. That's like so all good. that stuff, you can put that in and make like a little hype reel. I just find as well, like Dubai hosts so much rugby. Obviously yeah. the sevens is huge, but like, I don't know if anyone's really going to be out there either. It's so far away. It's an hour away. I think a Challenger Series, what they're trying to do with it, like, you know, grow the game, get more teams playing. Dubai are obviously paying for this, but I think they should be hosting yeah. it in one of these Challenger Nations as well. Yeah, so the, um, yeah, well, let, let, let's get into the Challenger Series then. So there's three <sighs> tournaments over three continents. It's going from January to May. The top four teams are going to qualify for this relegation promotion battle in the grand final in Madrid, uh, where they'll play the bottom four of the men's and the women's series. The tournaments are structured like the Olympic format. So there's 12 men's, 12 women's teams, three groups of four. There's the combined events so the first one is in Dubai this weekend uh, the next one is in Monte Montevideo in Uruguay uh, on the 8th 10th of March and then the men's and the women's teams split for their last tournament the men are going to be playing in Germany on the 18th and 19th of May and the women are going to be in Poland on the 18th and 19th of May so after all those three tournaments the top four they're going to qualify for Madrid uh, in terms of the Challenger Series last year Tonga were the winners for the men and South Africa for the, were, the women, uh, were the winners for the women um, and as you've mentioned there, particularly the World Series men's went down from 16 to 12. So you've now ended up with a World Series men's team in this Challenger Series for the men. And it's going to be probably the most competitive Challenger Series to date. What are your thoughts on this first tournament? You obviously have experience of this Challenger Series with Ireland and qualifying. Firstly, how tough is it? to qualify out of a challenger series and this is obviously a slightly different format to how you did it with Ireland but what are your thoughts looking at it you're a, you're a very good man in the know to ask about this <laughs> yeah it's slightly different but if I look back on it now you can kind of say that there were some similarities so like instead of playing against all those teams across three tournaments we had the one in Hong Kong but Technically, we would have had a host of tournaments in Europe the summer before. So kind of the same idea. You have to build your points. You have to, you know, consistency really is key here. You don't want to come in and um, do one really good tournament and then fall off. I think, was it Tonga last year in South Africa? They ended up winning, was it? I think yeah. from the results, but then they didn't even qualify uh, or they, they just qualified, but they didn't they didn't make it all the way through um, in the end. So like you, you don't want to come in and spook everyone and then do really well and then everyone kind of knows what you're at and you can only do it at one tournament and then i'll have a chance to do yeah. it again so you yeah. just want to stick to your own game be consistent i think like yeah the it'll be interesting because obviously you're playing against world series teams in that last tournament so that yeah to me is really really interesting because we wouldn't have had that we had to we had to win now uh, we had to one year we had to try and beat japan who had just come down from the world series so that's probably as close as we got and we didn't manage to do that and then we we didn't uh, have to come up against any teams like that in the second year so yeah. when we beat hong kong in the final but that experience from the world si series side is obviously going to play into their favor but with the likes of kenya obviously had played on it for so many yeah. years they've got all that japan's going to be the same uruguay's got experience there so just a case of being able to be consistent, get that fourth, get in the top four, and then it's a one-off tournament. So, yeah, how are those games being played? Is that that's in like a, the the eight? Is that like a round robin sort of style? I think it's a round robin. It's not going to be. Mm. Uh, it's not been one hundred percent confirmed yet, but I think it's going to be a round robin. And then yeah, mm. the top four teams at the end of that. I think yeah. Okay. So I think yeah, they're yeah. going to play potentially a little group round robin. And then maybe you play like 1v4, 2v3 across okay. the groups. I'm not 100% sure. But that's why I was going to ask you. So obviously when you qualified with Ireland, you had these pre-tournaments in Europe. And then you always had this massive tournament in Hong Kong where it was basically last team standing. Whoever wins the final, they go up. <laughs> was it the second year that you lads got to the final and then yep. qualified? Or was it the th second year? Yeah. Second so you've year. obviously had that one where you lost out in the final and then you've obviously won. Looking at this where they have the three tournaments, top four go through and then you just have to be the top four again but obviously competing against world series teams you've obviously done it one way if you had to choose between either way what you think you'd prefer if you had to go and do it again which tournament structure would you rather do oh i think from an irish point of view 
like I think we were you know we we played really well I think we could have you know qualified either of those years we managed to do it on the second year and then the way that we went when we actually came third in London I think we would have had a really good chance of qualifying through the the four teams yeah and there's obviously more choice so I think if you're if you're a nation trying to get on you'll prefer this new style because yeah. you've got there's four there's four seats to go whereas before i mean the nerves and the pressure for winner takes all i i think it's hard it's to nuts. beat though from a spectator point of view <laughs> i think yeah. i think it's i think it's nuts and you obviously had that drama in your fir- in your first final of missing out of it and then coming back to do it again I, yeah i agree with you. for me it's a tough way up because as a spectator which i which i am now that where it comes down to the final game is pretty cool in somewhere like hong kong Although I think Amazing. now if I was trying to qualify, I'd take this four-team format totally. every day. Totally. And it's 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 now not necessarily the top uh, couple of teams on that Challenger series, but it maybe also opens up that like the, the big game is going to be between, say, who's ranked the fourth, fifth, and sixth in the Challenger yep. to try and get into those last four spots. Um, oh, and then, yeah, if you get to Madrid, anything can happen there. But if it's going to be around Robin, you then, it's not, just straight not that hong kong was straight knockout but if you put yourself in a bad position after day one you were really going to struggle on that run into the final um so i think yeah yeah, i think i would have taken this new structure to be honest i think uh what i was saying earlier when you want to have consistency and you don't want to just like have one really good tournament when it comes to madrid keep the consistency but then when you get that that chance to go for it that's when you can just pull out all the stops. It doesn't matter what yeah. what happens. And you kind of see that with certain teams. Like um, Germany are pretty good for doing that kind of thing, especially against us. They, like, they'll play a certain way all tournament. And then whenever they used to play us, because we played each other so many times over the years in Europe, you have to try and change face and change picture. And when we played them, like they'll be doing everything completely yeah. different to the way that they had been playing other tournaments and it just not that it rattles you but it can just like be a bit of an annoyance it's so, and unner- it can get it's your so unnerving though yeah, yeah. like <laughs> t- t- like you obviously kind of briefly touched on like the mentality around that hong kong straight knockout tournament i think if i like there's already a heightened level of emotion and nerves and wanting mm-hmm. to get to that next level i think if a team was to suddenly you've done all this uh video analysis on them you've watched them play the whole tournament if a team came out and started doing something weird against uh in a team I was playing I would also be ultra unnerved in that Hong Kong tournament Mm. do you remember any of kind of the chats you had as a team or some of the mental chat you had with yourself kind of particularly around say like the the knockout stages of that tournament when uh you know you you are literally one game away from either getting one step closer or the dream is done yeah um we actually played Germany in the semi yeah the tournament which we qualified for i think that was probably the most nervous we would have been all tournament we played really well in the groups and stuff and then going into the semi just because you have played them so many times you know it's just one of those teams that every like you, you both know each other so well uh germany have had a lot of hard luck in that tournament they've made a couple finals have lost and they've yeah. been trying and trying and trying and trying for years so you just knew like right if they want to take anyone down while doing it it's going to be us and they were actually kind of on top of us for the first half of the game. They were doing all that I was just chatting about earlier. They were just changing the picture on everything, just trying to push the line as much as they could with the ref. And like they were doing really well. And they were <laughs> we weren't we weren't really able to play too much and like it was so tough. And then actually, to Germany's credit, they tried to kill us off. They got a penalty like about thirty meters out and they went for the drop goal. Yeah, because it would have put us two scores. Yeah, and they end up missing. And then just from that moment, basically, we just went and scored two quick tries and turned the game around. So Billy did a twenty-two short twenty-two. I went up, knocked it back. Jordan picks it up. Carry Ruck. We moved the ball once or twice, and then ended up um, ended up going the length, and and we end up scoring. And then kick off this moment I'll never forget because when you know when you talk about bounce of a ball, literally. We've had two bounce of the balls across the two Hong Kong tournaments. One lost us the game and one, I think, won us the game. So in the first Hong Kong year, we played Japan. Mark Roach, we didn't have a kicking game at all. Like, actually, we were told if you kick and you don't score, you're, get, you're coming off um, <laughs> under the coach that we had before. So Mark has the ball, sees there's no uh, sweeper, grubbers, the, grubbers it through, 
is going to literally score and the ball bounces up and hits the post pad. And I think oh, Mark God, uh... thought that he had more uh, pressure on him than he did. So he had more time than, than he thought he did. And he just kind of went at it and ended up knocking on the ball. And then that yeah. was like basically game over. And then this year, the second year when we um, had just scored that try, so we had to kick off. It was a kickoff on me. And I went up to read, like I went up to slap the ball back. And this time I went up actually behind the pod because my idea was I was going to come up. If he caught it, I'm just going to slap it out of his hands. So it yeah. kind of gave me two shots at the ball. And I went up. He missed it. I missed it. And then <laughs> I'm facing back up towards the pitch. So I'm like, my back is towards the, the try line that we're trying to score. I'm facing my own teammates and I'm falling backwards. And the ball managed to land in front of me and bounce up straight into my chest. And Perfect. like no knock-ons, no one touched the ball. Like it's so easy for a ref to actually call like a knock-on in, any of the, in that situation. Oh. There's such a mess of bodies and hands and ricochets and deflections and all sorts. And literally I'm facing backwards, I'm falling down and the ball just bounced <laughs> up and straight into my arms. Went, carried, rock. A couple phases later, we score a try. So what you need to do is you just need to really trust your system. And like you just trust your the players and the biggest thing is like um not trying to win anything on your own and when i say win anything, i don't even mean win the game like don't try and shoot out of the line to make like a desperate one-on-one tackle that ends up resulting in a try because you leave like a, th- yeah. a 2v1 or like don't try and run the length of the pitch by yourself and like try and like dummy everyone step everyone because you just fall out of system and then the people around you don't know what's going on because they yeah. don't you don't even know what you're doing um yeah. and they can't help you so if you can stick to your system which we managed to do in that moment you know those those two moments we stuck to what we knew as a team you can get yourself out of some pretty tough areas so that's kind of what I, we kind of took away from it was like just do what we are here to do how we want to play and yeah. Yeah, and, and try and win it. So we managed to do so. Yeah. Unreal. Big goosebumps Unreal. thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, um, I, I, one thing I have noticed is watching these games is more nerve-wracking, I found, since uh, stopping playing than in the game. Like Once you're in the game, mm. maybe in the warm-up, a bit of nerves, but as soon as that whistle goes, I always found yeah. you're so stuck on task, being in the system, doing your job to your best of your ability. One, they always found they went really quickly, but two, you are so focused in on it that the nerves oh. and whatever the actual bigger picture is seems to seems to kind of be the second thought in it yeah since stopping i do i do feel for fans or parents or siblings who are there watching these kind of games when you can't do anything at all and you just have to like watch shout i've I've got a lot more respect yeah i've got a lot more respect for uh people particularly my own parents who've obviously followed me around for quite a while (laughs) watching us get very close (laughs) to relegation battles or doing some good things and yeah it must have been up down and uh all over the dance floor like (laughs) oh my god honestly yeah brilliant mad do you want to have a little um, guess at maybe four that are going to qualify through it? Or maybe we have a quick chat about it just quickly. Like looking at the men's series, there's obviously four four to qualify. Among the 12 teams, I think 10 of them have got a very realistic chance of being in the top four. Papua New Guinea and Mexico, we'll have to see kind of what teams they go. But in the men's, you've got Uruguay, Japan, Kenya, Hong Kong, China, Tonga, Germany, Chile, Uganda, Georgia, Portugal, all teams that I think could beat each other on the day. So uh, over three top tournament that's going to be tough to see who ends up in the top four there yeah um that's really really tough so you've obviously got like teams that have just come down from the world series and there was a big chop with four so you've got a lot of experience from that side but then the likes like portugal georgia like chile like these teams have been knocking on the door for qualification for quite a long time and um i can only really speak on behalf of like the european sides a bit because just have played them recently over with um Olympic qualification last year and all that kind of stuff. So Portugal are a young side and they have Mm -hmm. given us some games over the last couple of years. Like they have always been a team that very, you know, like the Spains of the world, the Argies, they do not stop. They just keep going until the very end. And now with the team that they have at the moment, they're all pretty young. I think they're averaging about 21, 22 years of age in that team. So like experience wise, probably not a crazy amount, but just like this heart and this desire is crazy because I guess Portugal did well in the World Cup. They got their first yeah. win. They beat Fiji and all that. It's just kind of, I think, going through the country. Yeah, so many of those boys uh, have had decent <clears throat> sevens careers alongside playing their 15 aside as well. You, mm. you kind of struggled 
Um, I was at one point put in kind of a list of players who had played sevens and then gone on to the 15s or vice versa or done a lot. Pretty much all of that Portuguese sevens team, yeah. whenever they started, once they were 19, they all seemed to play for the Portugal seven side. So it's mm-hmm. it's a great development tool. And yeah, like you, you mentioned there, they did so well in that uh, French World Cup. Um, I can only imagine that rugby is hopefully booming in Portugal. I think so. So I could see the Portuguese doing well. I think they're one of those teams who you'll get like that, a bit of that consistency out of. Well, I, I hope so anyway. I think they'll just be like in every game. So even if they were to lose, it's like they're still in it. So um, there's that. Georgia, when we played against them, they're one of those teams that would just like I change everything. Georgia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we had to... If there was one team there that if you had to play one of the teams in like a final decider or something, Georgia would be quite high up that list of a team I wouldn't really want to play in a in a straight no, knockout game. One of game. the last, one of the last. Yeah. We had them last um, before the World Cup to qualify, and oh, they nearly yeah. beat us. I think we beat them fourteen yeah. twelve. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had, I think if you remember that all the quarterfinals, uh, that was the qualifier for the Cape Town World Cup. Uh, basically, if you won your, was it the cup quarterfinal? If you won your cup quarterfinal, yeah. you went through. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys just got past Georgia, and we did exactly the same with Belgium, just beating them by maybe one, maybe two tries right at the end. But um, I started the game by throwing a uh, interception. Uh, for them to run the length of the pitch, which is an awful way to uh, to uh, so my yeah my first touch was an interception, my second touch was catching that kick off and running the length of the score, which made up for it hopefully. But um, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, I remember the I can't remember exactly who was in the other cup quarters, but every single one of them was decided by one try, maybe two tries at Portugal most. They beat were all Spain. Car- that was it. Portugal beat Spain. That was carnage. Yeah, because we had Portugal in the World Cup and uh, England must have... would have been as well because we played England somewhere. So I don't know who they played. They probably just Germany... had like a normal enough game. Germany? Germany maybe? Germany were also in the World Cup. Jesus, there yeah. was a few. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't... Did you play England at that tournament? Or surely they would have qualified no, from the they previous would have... World Sorry, Cup? Sorry, they qualified from the yeah. previous World Cup. Yes, you're right. So Germany. Germany versus someone um... then. It'll come back yeah. to us. And then if we jump over to the women's side, so we've got Belgium, China, Poland, Thailand, Czech Republic, Hong Kong, China, Papua New Guinea, Mexico, Paraguay, Uganda, Kenya, Argentina. Um, very cool, I think, to see in. Obviously, we know how well Argentina men, Kenya men have done for years on the series. Class to see now that there's the women's side. Hopefully, sign that seven is booming in these countries. Um, obviously, I'm going to be rooting particularly for Hong Kong, China across the men's and women's. Um, and I think they've both got class chances to be in the top four uh, in both men's and women's tournaments. Any thoughts on the women's series there? Obviously, South Africa won it last year and they've gone straight up onto the World Series. So maybe there's an extra place, as it were, compared to the men's where you've had three World Series coming down uh, for a team that might have been in fifth, sixth position to see if they can they can snatch mm. the fourth, third or fourth position there to go to Madrid. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I think, as you just said, with the men men and women across Hong Kong, I think they both have a very strong chance. And I think for those programs as well, it would be fantastic. I like the history of sevens as well. So fingers crossed for them. Um, The China women's team, I remember them playing against Ireland in Hong Kong. They must have been the um, the uh, invitational team that year. But yeah. And their passing was immaculate. Everything yeah. out in front. 10 15 meters like their core skills were fantastic I'm not sure what the program is still like so just like good. I, I think yeah, when it comes they're good. they're good so when it comes to these tournaments um i think more so with the women's side because it's obviously a growing game and especially with the developing nations having those core skills is a huge advantage yeah just being able to throw like a perfect pass all the time can just get you those scores so I could see them doing quite well in that regard. And then from there, it's kind of all to play for, isn't it, really? I don't know if we we know, like, a, I don't know a whole lot about the, the Thai women's team, but it's so great that they're involved uh, <laughs> it's class, with some of the it? South American teams as well. Like, it's it's fantastic. It's, it, I think that's one the one really cool aspect about Sevens is that it can reach further into these third world, I mean, in a rugby sense, uh, third world nations and... They can play the game, they can learn it, and then they can represent their country internationally in this Challenger series. It's it's absolutely 
fantastic. I think you're right, though, with South Africa going up. It's I think it's more of just like a, a shootout of who's going to, like, again, the consistency, who's going to just, you know, play well over the couple of tournaments to get through. And then, yeah, it'll be hard fought, though, with the with the four um, coming yeah. down from the World Series. There's not as much experience in that Challenger Series. Yeah, 100%. Uh, this all kicks off this weekend. We'll do a full review, hopefully, next pod of how the action unfolded, see where teams are placed after the first tournament. Uh, but let's jump into underrated and overrated. I'm taking <laughs> over the reins from Nighty as he's not here. So we've got five for you this week. They're all kind of New Year's themed. Uh, so the first one is New Year's Eve night out. Ah, I think I think they're it's location based, honestly, because majority majority of them are overrated on a whole. Yeah, majority. But there's some places around in the world where it's definitely underrated or worth the hype. But yeah, as a whole, yeah, overrated. I agree with you. I think on the whole, overrated. If you're gonna stay, probably in the same city where you come from, it's just a chance for all the clubs. Just the hike, prices up, queues get longer. <laughs> Everyone then is waiting for the countdown so um yeah not always uh not always sold on it um actually had quite um uh, a fun new year's eve in thailand we uh booked a villa with a load of friends and then headed down into patong and that was good fun and we were on the beach and uh seeing all the fireworks and that was actually quite cool i rated that i go back for a, a night out in thailand uh, next one we've kind of half touched on it but um new year's resolutions on the whole overrated yeah i think they're overrated as well i think if you try and just keep that even keel as you go you should be all right throughout the year yeah exactly <laughs> number three so dry january overrated go on break that overrated. down give me a bit more overrated but like again as you were saying like keep it on an even keel okay you go a little bit mad in december like everybody but like i don't know i'm well able to just have one pint i can just go have a drink like, why do I have to just completely... I think it's like a New Year's resolution. Same thing. You're completely changing everything. Yeah. Now, yeah. fair enough, if you like feel terrible and you don't want to go drinking, that's fine. But to kind of base your whole month on it can be... I personally... But again, I'm playing rugby all the time. I'm training all the time. Yeah. I'm kind of coming from a different background. Whereas like if I was in an office and I'm just constantly constantly going out i can kind of see it but i guess for where i am in yeah. my life at the moment i see it overrated yeah i can see it. you see it quite a bit here in hong kong with the office jobs like people are good at having just one or two pints but if you have one or two pints like six nights a week that's suddenly yeah. quite a quite a lot of uh, booze to be taken in every week on week on week mm-hmm. i still think on the whole overrated i think rather than just looking at it as a january thing try and just yeah see how you can do it where you're not maybe quite as strict but it's spread out over the whole year and it's a it's a habit yeah. you build in rather than uh what feels like you're getting shackled and uh <laughs> can't can't have fun still yeah get on the zero zeros lad like me <laughs> last night uh okay number four so there is so many people on social media like this now but life coaches underrated or overrated overrated <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the funniest things i think to still see coming out it's like uh it's like the world's biggest pyramid scheme i think life coaches uh... <laughs> i haven't dabbled enough in the content to be fair but like from anything i have seen it's just like the person's younger than me yeah it's not you know like how, how are you gonna tell me <laughs> what i need to do with my life when you you haven't even lived as much as me I know, know, I know. I do I do agree with you. I feel like there needs to be a, a minimum a, a minimum age for that before you can start giving out life advice. Yeah, it, the only life coaches should be like a bunch of like granddads who've like come together and who yeah. can like give you some <laughs> advice about getting married or like experiences or this is what I did when I was 20 years old and like obviously times change but like you know at least they yeah. can give you some life advice yeah. as a life coach rather than yeah. Some twenty-year-old who's been given a script. Yeah, there's a few real nice videos, isn't there, of um, like people going around and asking, say, like people over the age of eighty, what like one, mm-hmm. what's their one tip for like career or love or yeah, having fun, and uh, they're always really nice. But like, yeah, I agree with you. You need to be you need to be in that age territory before you're handing out consistent life <laughs> advice. I reckon. Sick edits. Sick edits and buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah, pounding music. 
okay, last one on the underrated or overrated uh, is the saying, live, laugh, love. See it a lot in January after uh, in the new you year. Do. I have something like that in my room, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> we rent, so like this is like one of those things. Smile and the world smiles with you. So... Oh, God, you are one of them, Harry. <laughs> one of them. So on that note, it is overrated (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's overrated but anytime i hear that saying it does actually give me a chuckle so in a way it is working it is working yeah yeah so that was just a rate that was just a list of overrated things yeah true true i was just gonna see if you got caught out by any of them but that's five from five no so i (laughs) we're gonna have to try harder we're gonna have to try harder next week right moving on to uh this is this isn't sevens quite short this week uh so this is sevens giving a massive shout out to jazz joyce we're a massive fan of her on the pod uh she tied the knot with her girlfriend now wife alicia butchers who also is a welsh women's international and plays for bristol bears they look like had an unreal wedding and obviously anything jazz does we're massive fans of her on the pod but this is sevens this week is going to yourself harry for winning oh, the guinness writers award no uh, way. we obviously had a chat about it but um i don't think it can be underplayed how big an achievement that is and how important it is for sevens players in ireland as one of the biggest rugby nations in the world to have the sevens teams getting recognized alongside the 15s teams there's obviously a lot of uh, hype around that i just think it shows how far sevens has come uh, not just in ireland but around the world that there are now these opportunities to celebrate players like yourself who are doing an incredible job on the series and uh, yeah long may it continue thanks my second award my second rugby award now <laughs> this is sevens <laughs> it's a good week for you i go buy it's i go buy a lottery week. ticket or something Jeez, yeah. yeah i might have to go buy one after this no thank you luke i really appreciate it because like i know like we do this podcast and um this is always a really fun part at the end but like it is important to be recognized by what well, the irfu but like having this is is really nice as well because you're getting recognized by you know a good friend and like a peer and like a someone you used to get, get to play against and stuff so thank you very much for the recognition i really do appreciate of course. it um, it's well deserved yeah, it's very well deserved thank you right this isn't seven so we kind of chatted a little bit about it already mm. but not quite enough challenger series footage for me i'm really hoping they're going to carry on in the footsteps they've laid down of the seven series and over these three tournaments building up into madrid they build up a nice back catalogue of footage that they could use um so they're getting a mention here uh but this isn't sevens i've seen it twice now and you've probably been aware of it on the seven series they've been showing how some of the uh weight sessions that the women's sevens teams are doing um And the amount Brutal. of absolute like dross in the comments of people being like, oh, it's a quarter squat, it's a half squat, like Man. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if there was, if it was reversed and it was the men's teams in the videos, no one would be saying anything. I thought we'd got past this in this current day and age. But yeah, any of the melons out there who are commenting <laughs> just ridiculous things on these videos just need to go have a word with themselves. And Honestly. there's just no place for it in social media and particularly in sevens i think it's just shocking like so that video that was out the other day was 170 kilos i know squatted by a girl i can't remember the last time i squatted 170 kilos and <laughs> if you were to do like what is it like the the kilos on the bar compared to the kilos that that person weighs like so oh, power nuts, yeah. power per kilo that is insane the fact that yeah. they can even put that weight on their back and and even even if it was a quarter squat, even if they could quarter squat it, is an insane power to weight yeah. ratio. Like I don't think tomorrow or today, if I went into the gym, you put 170, I could even go and do that. So yeah. I'm in actually I'm in awe when I see those videos. I'm like, yeah, fair place like, because yeah. I'm not doing that. Thank you very much. <laughs> you yeah, can do it, but and, I'm not. <laughs> and the thing that the thing that just winds me up even more with it is that it just shows like a massive uh like you, they don't understand why players are doing things like the quarter squats the half squats it's because totally. you don't need you don't need that depth when your main 
uh, the main thing you're training for is speed and repeated speed with fitness tied into it. You don't need to be doing like hips all the way or your bum all the way down to the floor. Um, you're putting yourself one at more at risk, but you'd also, these are like very specific training exercises that mm-hmm. all the men's and the women's sevens teams will do it. In fact, mm-hmm. most professional athletes at some point in their life will be programmed half squats, quarter squats, split squats, all different variations. Um, And I can guarantee like these idiots who are commenting, they're like people who have just learned a little bit about the gym from some older bloke down in the gym. And they're just now like part of some crazy cult where if you don't sit down on the floor and get your hips and knees and everything into awful positions, then suddenly that doesn't count as a movement. And uh, yeah, it breaks me a little bit. Yeah, me too. One thing I did quite like, there seems to be plenty of people out there obviously in support and they're commenting back, but I just don't like seeing it as a, it's not a great energy around something that should be getting celebrated and helping to promote women's sport. Yeah, I just don't think it's on. No, totally. And like, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw the same person commenting on a video of like them scoring like an unbelievable try being like, oh, this, this, this girl's a total freak or something. And then like she goes and does something in the gym and then they say the same, like they say the complete opposite. It's like, so which side are you on? And at the end of the day, like, as you said, they're doing a specific movement for a certain reason that they have been prescribed. And if they weren't doing it right, the SNC, who is in the video as well, would more than likely tell them that they didn't do it right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So the person who's describing the lift <laughs> is in the video with them, helping them do the lift and, uh... to make sure that they do it correct. And if they didn't do it correct, they would be the first ones to tell them that wasn't right. The amount of times yeah, I get told I'm not doing 100%. things right in the gym is comical. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all you need to do is just take that uh bronze statue in and anytime oh, someone gives you a hard time in the gym, just you know, like pull out of your bag or something, just be like, just remember, lads, it's working. <laughs> it's so heavy, man, that thing's so heavy. If you brought it onto a Ryanair flight, they'd honestly make charge you fifty quid for it. Like. <laughs> Fair. Uh right, let's wrap it up there. I understand you've got to go off and uh no train bother. tonight, Harry, but that was good fun chatting. Uh like I said, we'll be back next week potentially with or without uh Mr. Knight, whether he's back from Scotland or not. But dear Val for watching. Solange. Solange.